0: This is the Soulfully Casual Podcast hosted by Maddie Ice. And now, your host, Maddie Ice. And happy Wednesday. Welcome back to the Soulfully Casual Podcast brought to you by Maddie Ice Media. I am your host, Maddie Ice, and I welcome everybody back. I hope everybody had a restful and relaxing weekend. I took Monday off uh, to do some family stuff and just kind of to relax. I've been putting a lot of work into Soulfully Casual. I've been putting a lot of work into just podcasting in general. If you've listened to any bits of the show prior to this episode, you know that uh, I am the head and sort of CEO of Matty Ice Media, and I'm helping to not only participate in, but uh, produce and promote a whole bunch of shows, a whole bunch of YouTube content. And so my time is very limited. Uh, I'm a full-time parent full-time spouse, full-time worker, and I'm trying to now be a full-time media consultant and media personality essentially. And sometimes it gets time consuming. When I get a chance to take a respite, when I get a chance to take a rest, um, I I generally try and take it. It was rainy this past weekend. It was a three-day weekend. It was an excuse to be with my son, uh, excuse to be with my wife, and just honestly an excuse to take a little bit of time off to mentally recharge. I also hope that everybody had a restful weekend, and I hope that everybody took the time to think about those who have uh, come and gone, who have sacrificed for this country. That's what Memorial Day is all about. I think there's a lot of a misconception over Memorial Day and Veterans Day. Not necessarily a misconception, but I think that people mistake that they're for different things. Uh, Veterans Day is to remember all of the people that are currently serving, uh, and Memorial Day, in in my view, is to celebrate those who have come and gone. Uh, There is a strong military presence in my family and also in my uh, in-laws family, a lot of Air Force. Uh, My father was in the Navy. His father was in the Navy. So I certainly understand what it means to uh, protect and serve this country uh, through military service in times that were way different than now when people didn't have a chance. So I thank everybody uh, who is currently serving, and I understand that it's not about that for Memorial Day. But I thank everybody who is serving and everybody who has somebody or knows somebody who has... Been lost in serving this country. So that's a great segue into where we are today. Freedom. Um, Our freedoms are something that we take for granted. Our freedoms are vast in this country, uh, in America specifically. And I think they're vast in other parts of the world as well. I think they're just a little bit different than the way that they are here. There's many places in which freedom is not a given. It is not a guarantee. And that is one thing I wholeheartedly appreciate about living in the United States Uh, the freedoms the rights that I have the ability that I have to be an individual is not something that is lost on me and I understand that it's not something that is afforded to everybody in the world Um, in the sports world specifically I think we see a lot more of people and a lot more of the infringement of that freedoms in certain ways than perhaps we realize um, or perhaps we go through on a daily basis And the reason that I bring this up is because the tennis world was sort of shook by its number two ranked player on the female side. Now, I don't necessarily like to say men's and women's because in an individual sport, I see it as the same. Uh, To me, Serena Williams is one of the greatest athletes of all time. She's not one of the greatest female athletes of all time. She's just one of the greatest athletes of all time, period. Uh, But Naomi Osaka, I believe she's 23 years old, uh, up and coming rising star in the sport of tennis, which is an individual sport. It is not a sport in which somebody can be buried on a team or somebody can be lost in the team concept. You are out there. You are your own competitor. You're competing against other individuals. Uh, before the French Open, which is uh, which happens at Roland Garros, I'm not a big tennis fan, but I certainly keep up with stories like this. Um, she came out, I believe, via Twitter or Instagram, some social media platform that she is on, that she has followers on, and made a statement in writing basically saying that she was going to be not participating in interviews and media events uh, before, during, uh, or after the French Open, and citing the fact that those interviews take a real toll on her mental health and also make her doubt herself right before she is going to be competing in this tournament. Cleveland and I got into this on Cowboy Season last week. We kind of talked about the nuances. Now, I just want to say this up front. Uh, I am a thousand percent in favor of naomi osaka being vocal about how her mental health has been affected being at the top of her sport to me that is not something that some individual or group of individuals can dispute Uh, mental health is at the forefront these days when it comes to our current uh being as far as human beings for many many years especially in the sports world and we will keep it in the sports world for now but for many many years uh, mental health issues that we are seeing now be more accepted and more talked about were seen as people being soft. They couldn't handle the moment, they couldn't handle the spotlight. And we are finding out that that is not necessarily the case that people are born, you know with these deficiencies, if you will, for lack of a better word. It's not that somebody's broken, but these parts of their brain, the parts of who they are that do not allow them to function on the same emotional level as a lot of other people. I go through them myself. I went through them early on in the pandemic, early on in in parenthood, and I've been over that many times. And I know what it's like to feel depressed. I know what it's like to feel not yourself. And I certainly know what it's like to have something like that affect my everyday life, the relationships, my performance at work, my performance as a father, many, many different things. So I totally support her decision and I totally support her being vocal about it. Cleveland and I talked about the difficult line that I think many athletes, especially in individual sports, uh, toe because there's sort of a mutual relationship Uh, and and they break it down in very, very general terms, understanding that her stance and her statements have been very nuanced, but in in general terms, the sports benefit from the media coverage and the media coverage benefit from the sports. That's kind of how it goes. Um, Media these days is looking for clicks. They're looking for views and obviously these sports are looking for exposure they're looking for much of the same thing they're looking for more fans more eyes more ears uh more money essentially and how do they do that well they market their their product and they market the people that are a part of their product and they do that through the media um naomi osaka has risen to where she is today to where i believe she has something like a 55 million dollar net worth or she made somewhere in the ballpark of 55 million dollars last year outside of the sport of tennis how does she do that well obviously she is a excellent tennis player that's number one that gets you the eyes uh, that you need Um, and also the sponsors right and how do the sponsors come about well they come about from media coverage they come about from her elevated game her excellence being basically covered talked about and seen as marketable for these entities and that's who pays them pays her a lot of money. It's who pays a lot of athletes a lot of money. Most athletes, I would hypothesize, at least at the top of their professions, we're talking about the ones with the highest level of exposures, your Tom Brady's, your Naomi Osaka's, your Serena Williams, Tiger Woods. I mean, maybe Tiger Woods is a little past his prime, but I think you understand what I'm getting at. People that move the needle. People that have a presence that people gravitate toward, that the dollars gravitate toward. And Naomi Osaka is one of them. Um there are many parts of the current paradigm as it relates to media, I think that are complicated. And I, I, I try to equate this for people in their own lives and their own jobs. Many people who are listening to this have some semblance of a job, possibly a career, and you know what it's like on your worst day at one of those, you know at one of those companies, whatever it is that you do. And imagine if at the worst time, right as you were getting off of your shift, going home, Somebody comes up to you and asks you questions like, hey, how do you feel about messing up big time? How do you feel about, you know, possibly only only getting this one opportunity to be at the top? Things like that. Obvious questions to most of us, uh, not obvious questions to the media, because in their mind, it gets a quote, it gets, you know, something that's interesting. And what does that get them? Clicks, views, and everything else. Um, But those players are human beings. They are doing the best that they can on the field of play, whatever it is that they, they decide to play, whatever it is that they are good at. And, you know, they are essentially assaulted, verbally assaulted afterwards being asked questions that are really difficult to answer at the best of times, but definitely extremely hard to answer at the worst of times. And there, there is that. Um, there's a lot of repetitive nature of the questions being asked, and Naomi Osaka talked about that being asked questions you've been asked multiple times, questions that may or may not have anything to do with tennis, Um, and they kind of plant the seed of doubt. They make you start to get off of your game mentally. And once an athlete is off their game mentally, it shows physically uh, on the field of play, especially in an individual sport where you can't lean on somebody else to help you. You see it all the time in golf. Uh, One guy makes a bad shot here or there, and all of a sudden his round is completely shot. Why? Because he is mentally in his own head and he can't get out of his own way or she can't get out of their, her own way. Um, and so these are real things that happen. The other thing that is really interesting about this is that she made mention to the fact that journalists or reporters and you know interviewers are causing this, but there seemed to be a stop in terms of mental health when it comes to playing the sport. And I know that was a fair question or at least criticism of, well, so you aren't mentally fit to take part in the media Uh, obligations that you have but you're mentally fit to play the sport so we talked about that and we kind of decided that while we support her there are a lot of things that could be very very complicated in terms of how we go forward because in my mind somebody to this level of prominence no matter how young she is is putting voice to what most athletes go through but not every athlete is her not every athlete is at the top or near the top of their respective sport And so they don't have the same leverage they don't have that same clout that she does to say i'm sitting this one out and we talked about that fast forward to now this week Um, naomi asaga has dropped out of the french open she has dropped out of this tournament at roland garros Um, and what has happened since her initial statement has been a lot of the questions like i've been asking a lot of vitriol her way um calling her soft questioning her integrity Questioning her methods and I was certainly somebody who asked if doing it over social media via words, you know, via written words was better than doing it, you know, putting voice to it because I'm somebody who firmly believes that putting voice to something that you feel passionate about, as this podcast would tell you, is extremely important and extremely effective And hearing a young black athlete put her words out there to say this is really not the way that it should happen and it's really affecting me would have been deeply powerful. That is what it is at this point. That doesn't take away from the message. It just is the, you know, the way that she went about it isn't necessarily ideal for making the message as effective as possible, but the message in and of itself is effective. So what did the tournament decide to do? Well, they decided to find her. And I'll be honest with you. um, I can see that from both sides. I can certainly understand the tournament's perspective wanting the best players that are available to play because obviously they want the exposure and they want the tennis action to be as good as it can be because that brings butts into seats, it brings dollars into pockets, I totally get that. I can also understand the other side of it to say, this is about the sport in general and one of the biggest stars in the sport right now. And what's better for the sport is to let this person go through whatever it is they're going through so that they can continue to grow and be the best person that they are. Because this is an individual sport. I'll say this again. She needs to be her top self so she can play well. And by playing well, she obviously makes the game of tennis more appealing to young people and just viewers in general. Especially, this is a sport that has been considered a predominantly white country club sport. And in many areas, it still is. Same as golf. Tiger Woods threw the golf world up in smoke, basically, because he was a young black man taking on a scene that was predominantly white people, especially in Augusta, especially at the Masters. It was a it was a huge deal. It was massively effective in in shifting the paradigm of the way that the demographics of golf are today. And Naomi Osaka is part of that for tennis. She's sort of riding on the coattails a little bit of Serena Williams and Venus Williams, but it doesn't matter. She's continuing and being a part of that mantle, essentially taking the torch from those two women and making it cool, essentially, to be young and black and successful. Because I think there has been a lot of narrative of, you know, sort of stemming off the systemic racism in this country that, um, you know being young and black and loud is a bad thing and it's not and in this particular case the tournament is looking at it from their pockets they're looking at it from their dollars but i think what they forgot to do is look at it from the humanity side of it to understand that letting her do this while maybe this isn't the best way to go forward it sets a precedent that it's difficult to to navigate in the now it should open a conversation for the later it should open a conversation in terms of okay So how do we better the game? We keep our players as best as they can be. And Serena Williams said it best that everybody is different. There's not a lot of tennis players who can deal with what Naomi Osaka deals with on a daily basis or every time she is in the spotlight. There's tennis players that can. A lot of people are different. For every one of me that there is out there, there's somebody out there who can live by the suck it up mentality, the rub dirt on it mentality, and they're not affected by anything. And you know what? All power to them. Um, that's just not me. And so I have to live my life differently than some others do, but that just makes us different. But we need to take that into account. That's the whole point of this heightened you know, period of awareness that we're in. It's not to have as many gotcha moments. It's how are we gonna grow as a society? How are we gonna grow as a people? And i know that i probably say that every other episode but damn man it's so true like how are we going to and this is where i think we are we are at the precipice of how does this paradigm change and does it change differently for different sports if we are going to sit here and tell naomi osaka that she is wrong for citing mental health concerns that she is wrong for not wanting to be a part of it that she's wrong for taking off time then we need to go back to the drawing board folks we really really do because we don't know what she's going through we don't know what any of these athletes going through we see a really really small glimpse of who they are we see them on the on the play on the field of play we see them on whatever it is that they put on social media but i've said this so many times whatever you see of somebody on social media is really not the true nature of what they're going through The people that post about how awesome their marriages are, they're skipping over a lot of what makes marriage very difficult, what makes marriage work. You know, like those are the things that people aren't telling you. Anybody who has just awesome posts about their kids, they're not telling you about the tantrums. They're not telling you about the meltdowns. They're not telling you about how their teens constantly berate them, constantly treat them like crap, because they're moody, broody teenagers, right? But you don't see any of that. You see this glamorized view of things. Just because that's what we see from Naomi Osaka, Just because she seems confident on the tennis court does not mean that she is that way all the time. I mean, she had a breakdown during a press conference where she could not put words to what she was feeling. She threw out the word depression. But if you go back and watch it, then you really can tell that she doesn't really know how to articulate what she's feeling. She just knows that she's not herself. The other thing that has also happened is basically... The other majors in the calendar year for tennis have piled on and said if she's going to do this here, she's not really welcome to play at our tournaments. And I guess I don't understand how you can take such a firm stance in that regard. Again, I think it's incumbent on the sport and on journalists and just us, the fans in general, to think about this all differently to find out how we can come to a place of compromise that benefits everybody in the end. But I'm gonna say this to you, money and dollars is going to win out 100% of the time. Her mental health is not nearly as important as the money that is lighting the pockets of sponsors. And those are the sponsors that are paying her. And I think that is where we are always going to get hung up. We're always gonna get hung up with the conflicts of interest that reside with how we cover these athletes, how we cover these leagues, and what the interests truly are. I will give you an example. ESPN started out as a highlight show and there were real journalists that work at ESPN. There honestly still are. But think about the fact that they are covering in a negative way anything that happens in the NFL when the NFL is one of their media partners. They are in bed together. There is a financial interest, a mutual financial interest between ESPN and the NFL. How do they effectively perform true journalism if that relationship is intact? You see what I mean? And that's where I think we're going to get hung up here. The paradigm has to shift. There is a middle ground. The middle ground might be, yes, you have to do some media, you know, you have to do interviews, but you have to do them immediately after the game. You have to do them during the game. We have to figure something out. What drives journalism, well, what drives these interviews being where they are is because that is what the fans seem to like. That is what people seem to want to hear. But I will say this, I've never really heard an in-game interview that has made me go, huh, well, that's just super interesting. You know what ones are interesting? The ones where they ask a dumb question and the coach has a meltdown. But that's not helping us, right? That's not helping the situation. We need to think about how the situation can get better. And so as it relates to Naomi Osaka, um, I think she has made us aware of what it's like at the top of your profession, that not everybody who has the glamour and the dollars and the eyes on them, not every single best player in their sport is happy. Getting to the mountaintop doesn't equate to happiness. Being rich doesn't equate to happiness. It certainly helps, but it's not everything much of what people struggle with when it comes to mental health are outside of anything material that is surrounding them take it from me i could have a hundred pair of shoes around me and i still could have moments where i'm not happy i still have moments where i doubt myself i still have moments where i relive things from my past things that i messed up with that i kill myself over and it wouldn't matter you could hand me a check for a hundred million dollars and i still might not be happy because it's a multifaceted concept. Happiness is messy. Happiness isn't black and white. It's a massive gray area and it's different for everybody. And I think we need to think about how we as fans or we as people consuming this media coverage, how we can change our views so that the paradigm can shift. So that journalists can ask different questions to maybe be more accommodating to what the players are going through players might be a little bit more forthcoming if they know that it's not a slog, that it's not something that they have to do in the heat of the moment, that they can take a few minutes or a few hours to decompress, to let themselves come down from whatever it is that they're feeling. And maybe you'll get a more genuine interaction out of them. You know, we don't really get that in the media today. We get a very canned interaction. Bill Belichick is not the Bill Belichick that you see in press conferences. He hates all of that. He knows it's contractually obligated to, or he knows he is contractually obligated to, so he does it. And we get, "Uh uh-huh, mm, yes, mm, right? That's not really him. Very rarely do we get a clip that is interesting. And so I want the whole thing to change. I want her to take the time that she needs to get right. And however that, how long that takes, whatever method she has to do to do that, I hope she does it. I hope she comes out on the other side mentally clear, mentally strong and able to put true words to how she's feeling and able to help those who don't have the platform to say so. Her words, her face, her personality, just her clout behind that kind of a movement is so powerful. People listen. People listen to those at the top. They listen to those with the power. And she has a lot of power here. Maybe it's power that she doesn't have the ability to harness in the now, But I think once she comes out of it, once she realizes that she's okay, and she does what she has to do to quote-unquote fix herself, she's going to be a strong advocate for this going forward. And I can see change on the horizon. And honestly, I'm excited about it. So I appreciate everybody tuning in. Uh, The international presence on this show just blows me away. And it's one of the reasons why I'm doing tennis, which is an international game. But uh, for the listeners that found this show from Finland... Uh, from Australia those are new like Australia I can't tell you what that means to me being on the other side of the planet the other side of the world and just it means the world to me that these places are finding the show and I hope if you found the show in Finland or you found the show in Australia that you share with others because I'd love to have a bigger international presence I want the show to be as inclusive as possible and I hope to one day be able to represent as many places in the world as possible so uh, before I get you out of here uh, check out MattyIceMedia.com. That's where you're going to find all the podcasts that we host and promote, all the YouTube channels that we promote, uh, shows like Cowboy Season, Political Football, which are happening right now. Cleveland's The Manual, and he has been trying to get more content out, but you know the man's busy. But whenever he comes out with something, it's absolute fire, and you need to check it out. Check out all of his old episodes. Um, connect with the show here, Soulfully Casual Podcast on Instagram. Send me a message. Participate in the polls that we put up. I just want to hear from you. And check out Matty Ice Media 21 on Instagram for anything that we put there. I hope everybody has a great rest of their day, and I will talk to you on Friday. Soulfully Casual is exclusively owned by Matty Ice and is brought to you by Matty Ice Media.